Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. That, of course, the words of Tiger Woods there at the end, right before him, two-time U.S. Open champion Andy North, who will join us this morning in 10 minutes to talk things Tiger, all things Augusta. First round, as you heard Michael Eves from SportsCenter say, 44 guys still on the course, and they'll try to get in the second round. They'll be teeing off on 1 and 10, which will make it a lot quicker coverage right now on ESPN, featured groups on ESPN+. Plus, It's Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. And let's feature the man everyone's talking about, Tiger Woods, four under, bogey-free, 68, three back at the lead after day one, ready to go today in search of his sixth green jacket, which would tie him with his boyhood idol, Jack Nicholas. Jack, by the way, the Golden Bear at the age of 80. You can talk about shot selection. You can talk about his short game. You could talk about his driving. Tiger wants to talk big picture. Can you believe it? We are back after 19 months at the Masters. This is the first round of the Masters. You know, as I said earlier this week, we didn't look like we were going to play this event. And now to have this opportunity again to be able to play it, uh, it was it was awesome to be out there. It, it certainly is, is a much different atmosphere with, with um, no pa- no patrons and the you know the electricity is just not there and you know there there's so many shots that are uphill here that, that we don't know where the ball ends up um, so there's there's no fan reaction uh, we asked a, a few of the, the, the camera guys out there you know where that ball end up because uh, we just don't know so uh, it is a, a very different world but the fact that we were able to have a Masters and be able to have this opportunity to compete for a green jacket is um, pretty amazing help me understand. Uh, Zubin, that Tiger referred to the fans not being there, mm-hmm. and he doesn't know where the ball ended up at. But your walk, you you don't like you hit it. You know it went where it was supposed to go. Is he can't. saying that you got to, like, find it? Your caddy or somebody there is not spotting it? or What he's saying is, and they don't call it the gallery of the fans. They call it the patrons here. It's a okay. very master's thing. What he's yeah. essentially saying Whatever. is if there's regular galleries or at the event that you've covered, the uh-huh. Genesis, which is Tiger's event in L.A., anywhere else on the PGA Tour, if the shot is hit errantly, normally there are thousands of people and thousands of eyes okay. that can spot that ball. Tiger hit it left. Tiger hit it right. Does anybody see it? Many fans can be like, oh, it just flew over my head. Oh, it just hit a tree you don't have that opportunity anymore so the only eyes on the course besides you this year are the camera guys normally fans and members and patrons and everybody that's lining the fairways Uh they're sort of your eyes it's over here it's in a bush they don't have that anymore so he has to rely on the very few people so it becomes very tough to locate the ball right but if you're tiger just keep it in the fairway right i mean how many times are they hitting it where the alligators are (laughs) i would also say though also i play in a couple of pro-ams when you're playing though so if you're hitting like a five iron 205 yards 210 yards if you stick it on the green, if it's a good shot, when you have fans around the green, you get a roar. Like, you're like, oh, I, I stuck that. I feel that because you're so far away from it. But what, you're 210 my, my yards. Question, my question, though, is how does that help you? Like, it, I'm trying to understand, does it, does it help you when you're walking? That's for you. Don't worry about it. That's a read later. <laughs> now I get it. But does it help you when you're walking from where you just teed off to wherever it lands to hear that? Does it help you understand what? club you got to get next or something? I don't know. I think it's just, it's a natural sensation. Because when you I play, it's only to. kids around and I do miniature golf and that's it. Putt, putt. Putt, putt. It's also, Zubin, what you've been hearing your entire career. Right. Like, I mean, other than when you're practice range, it brings a, I guess it would be like playing basketball in a stadium without crowds, you know? Like, it's just natural sounds that you're used to, things that you're acclimated to since you've been doing it for that long with crazy amounts of people. So around. if it hits off a tree, 
then the crowd he says something or whatever, and you know, okay, I probably hit it off the tree. Well, you know you shank that you also see the crowd running around the ball. I mean, people are pretty psychotic with some of these balls that get sprayed different ways. Last word on this, just to give you some perspective. Ever since Tiger Woods hit his first shot, somebody has documented every single shot that Tiger Woods has hit since he joined the PGA Tour. That's almost 25 years. Every single shot somebody has been able to document and see where it went. Part of the reason Tiger thinks some of the young guys are doing so well, Key, in this Mm -hmm. event, Colin Morikawa, he's an American that played at Cal, Pac-12 kid, 23 years old, won the PGA Championship. Part of the reason some of these guys that are playing so well at a young age, Tiger said, is... You know, when you play college golf, with all due respect to the collegiate golf game, nobody's nobody's there. So now they're pros. Matthew Wolf, great college player at Oklahoma State. Nobody's watching him in Stillwater. Now he's on the PGA Tour. (laughs) You think? Now he's on the PGA Tour. Hey, still no fans. Yeah, it's the Masters. There's a lot of pressure. But the environment is similar for these guys. The environment is so different. Key, have you ever walked and followed followed the golf match? Uh, No. I've walked I've, I've walked to maybe like one hole, and I'm like, all right, let me, let's roll. I, I've done it a couple of times. <laughs> I'm just saying, no. I don't have four hours. <laughs> yeah, I, I promise you I don't. It's, Unless Tiger's playing, I can watch. That's different. I watch the, when he gets to the end. Other yeah. than that, I'm not, watch, I'm not sitting at home for four and a half hours watching oh, I golf. I'm sitting there with the Modelo. I'm, I'm enjoying every second of it. There's and, one, and, and a lot of people are. Yeah. It's, just, it's just not – it hasn't – for me, my time – was valuable, not the choice, was it? But my time was a little <laughs> more. You're val- to. My time was a little more valuable than messing around in North Carolina, like you playing golf during your off time. I couldn't do it in L.A. Uh, it's just we don't have courses like that. Okay, from the Masters to I think a question that most of you guys on the Twitter feed have mastered. You guys are smart. We're asking the Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin Nation to describe your favorite NFL team. In two words, hit us up, tell us what the team is, and then give us the two words. I'm going to get the guy's reaction in just a second, but thanks for weighing in this morning on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed. At Six String QB, just hit us up. Miami, two words, New Hope. At Orange Joe 86, Washington, two words, still dysfunctional. At Jack's YJG, Lions, historically sad. You're right about that. And J.A. Adams, 590 Eagles, his two words, getting healthy. Before we have Andy North join us to talk Tiger in three minutes, let's get your two words on the teams that you guys know so well or root for so well. Key, Bucks, Cowboys, Jets, do whatever you want. Two words, what comes to mind? Cowboys, bad team. All of Key's old teams, by the way, here. Jets, worst team. I almost said NFL, that would have been three. In the Bucks. Bounce back. How about Carolina? You played for them. Jeez. Uh, yeah, Just throwing well, it out. Them to That's the where you ended your career. So, see, one team, Zubin. Solid team. Okay. Your <laughs> team, your one team is one the Giants. Team. That's the Giants. What do you got? It's time. Oh, okay. I like it, I mean, that. Look, one touchdown loss to the Rams, three-point loss to the Cowboys, one-point loss to the Eagles, two-point loss to the Bucks. We beat, we beat Washington. It, it's time to they've start winning these damn games. They, they've been in it. Yeah, I know. I mean, they, That's the why I Giants. said it's time. Look, look, you laughed at me when I said the Giants might win the NFC East. They might win the NFC East. They feel that way. In that building, Joe Judge is preaching, we're in it. We're in it. And they, they psychologically, think about it, they beat the Eagles. On Sunday, who just yes. have one more win than they did. What, what if they beat the Eagles? So then the Eagles would be 3-5, and five, and the Giants would be... Three and the seven. Giants three and seven. Yeah, yep. three five so. and one, three and seven. Yeah, but the, but that feels good. Like we're in it, the, and they got to still play the Giants. The Giants got to play Washington. They got to play the Cowboys. I mean, this is it's in the division, which 
Somebody might win six games. That yeah, would be something. I don't think the Giants are going to win it, though. I mean, we they got the Bengals after this, the Seahawks, the Cardinals, the Browns. But, but I, I understand when you look at schedules, but there's always a what-if factor because those other teams have got to win. Mm-hmm. Those other teams can lose, too. You know, they got teams on their schedule. I Yeah, I hear you. I mean, okay. Yeah, I, Philly, I Philly has a tough end of schedule, too. Yeah, you so. just look at it, and they start losing games. I yeah. mean, you know. Anything could happen. Anything could happen in this division. No doubt. We are just over the halfway point. It, it is set up for the Washington Redskins to win the NFC well, East, though. that would be a team that's no longer. I, I, the Washington. I'm sorry. So the Washington football <laughs> I'm sorry. The Washington football team. I apologize. I apologize again. That but, team left a while ago. Okay. They got the Lions. Winnable game. Bengals. Winnable game. Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Steelers. No. 49ers. Okay. Seahawks, no. Panthers, and then Eagles again. And the fact that Alex Smith could, could be starting the rest of the way for them that is also could, a great uh, little story to I'm think I'm telling about. you, though, watch. Y'all going to look up, and the damn Giants going to be tied for first place in the last game of the year. They're going to be looking so. to win the division. Please! <laughs> it could happen. Giants fan Jay Williams certainly hoping Giants to the that. Super Bowl with a seven-game winning record. <laughs> well, as we know with Eli, once they snuck in, if the Giants get in, but they're undamped. But coach, that's everybody. Yeah. That's everybody. If Once you get in the tournament, it's not basketball. It's not baseball. It's one game, four quarters. That's all it is. Let's get from A to Z, and then we'll talk a little Tiger. We'll start with some news out of the Ivy League. The Ivy League has been a bit of a forerunner when it comes to decisions on whether to play. They have canceled winter sports and they've delayed spring sports. You might recall back in the spring of 2020, that seems like 10 years ago right now, the Ivy League became the first league to cancel their conference basketball tournament. They were ridiculed. And what happened? Every single league essentially followed them. This is Robin Harris. She's the executive director of the Ivy League on Freddie and Fitzsimmons on ESPN Radio yesterday, essentially saying we have priorities here, people. Our athletic directors and coaches and other athletic administrators have worked very hard over the past several months examining all sorts of scenarios and options and mitigation strategies to develop protocols and schedules and travel um, operational procedures to uh, have athletics competition. And we had options that we could implement, but at the end of the day, any competition just wasn't possible due to the overwhelming health and wellness concerns and the impact on campus policies. We will see how many other leagues, particularly smaller leagues, that don't emphasize as athletics as much do moving forward. A big league is certainly the Big 12. And their commissioner, Bob Bowlesby, said that, hey, if you think the CFP is stone cold January 1 for the semifinals and the championship game on the 11th, hang on a second. He told Sirius XM yesterday that could be changing. Listen to this question and then this somewhat surprising answer. Do you think there's a high likelihood that the college football playoff gets moved back? Well, I'm, I'm on the, the CFP operations committee, and we've spent some time talking about that. We haven't, haven't come to any closure on it. But, but there, is, um, there is some latitude to, uh, to postpone if that need should arise. And um, the same is true with uh, some of the New Year's Six games. But, um, you know, within, within uh, reason, you can do those things. Uh, um, you know, I, I don't know that I see us uh, – 
playing a championship game in February, but uh, you just you just never know. These are these are unusual times, and things that uh, might otherwise not be acceptable um, have to be considered at uh, in, in this kind of circumstance. The four words that will define 2020: you just never know. I do know what we're doing next. We're headed to Augusta. We waited nearly 580 days, and then we waited a little bit more when the rain came this morning, but it turned out to be a beautiful day at Augusta. It was good all around. I, uh, there's really nothing that, uh, that I could have done a little bit better. He did everything well. All of those voices talking about Tiger Woods or the man himself. Four under bogey-free 68 on Thursday after Mother Nature was atop the leaderboard early in the morning. It's a pleasure to join uh, to be joined this morning by Andy North, the two-time U.S. Open champion, ESPN golf analyst. You've seen him all over our Masters coverage. Coverage right now on ESPN. Featured groups right now on our streaming service, ESPN+. Plus. With us on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line, Andy, let's begin, of course, with Tiger. What was your analysis of what you saw in round number one? Well, top of the morning to you, Z-Man. Uh, you know, he... He played some good golf. I mean, he was very consistent, and that's been the problem basically with his game this year, that he's he's been able to get one thing going well but not get everything going. And He drive the, drove, drove the ball well. He had 10 out of the 14 fairways. He had 15 greens in regulation. He kept the ball in play. Uh, he only had to chip or pitch once, and that was the 10th hole, his very first hole. The other greens he missed, he putted the ball from the edge of the green. So he, he was consistent, and I think the, the biggest thing – the speed on his putts, particularly leg putting, was really good. Um, and when you see Tiger struggle with his putters, when his speed is off, and it looked like he was locked in with his speed. So uh, I think all in all, it was exactly the kind of round he needed to play on Thursday. Tiger hasn't played well all season long, Andy. What about Augusta National makes him turn it on at any given moment? Well, this is, this is a facility in a golf course that you really have to understand how to play it. And it takes a little bit of time. Uh, and I think this is the one championship that you see a lot of the older players do well, uh, you know, where that's not the norm because the the knowledge and understanding where to miss uh, the 10th hole where Tiger missed the green on the left to a front right pin, pin like placement was exactly the only place you can miss that green. And I think that that's the kind of knowledge that you have. And the fact that, you know, the dude's won here five times. He, he drives in the gate, and he thinks he can play well here. Uh, and I think he'll have that same feeling for another 15 years. Did a three-hour rain delay help Tiger's game at all? Well, I think the biggest thing is that he hadn't finished his warm-up and he hadn't gone out and actually started. If you, if you get the delay before you've actually started, then you can go back and push the reset button and go through all your – uh, you know, we're all creatures of doing the same thing, uh, preparing for competition. And, and he was able to go back and go through his whole routine to start the morning. And, and I think that was fine. Andy North, ESPN golf analyst, two-time U.S. Uh, Open champion, joining us here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Tiger, this afternoon, he'll be teeing off. What will the weather conditions be like then? Yeah, it's going to be very much like it was yesterday afternoon. It doesn't look like there's going to be very much rain. It doesn't look like there's going to be very much wind. And the fact that the golf course is going to be still really soft, uh, the scoring is just ridiculous. I mean, if they made the cut right now, it would take one under par to make the cut. 
the scores, it's going to be the first round will be a, a record scoring. Uh, he's going to have to go on and shoot 68 or better just to keep uh, pace with what everybody else is doing. Last thing for you here, Andy, the betting favorite, Bryson DeChambeau. And normally I always give credit to all of our writers at ESPN.com that do a great work covering golf. But Michael Bamberger, the noted golf writer, just wrote an incredible piece on DeChambeau in Sports Illustrated. If you are inside the mind of this guy, if you're a golf fan, I just implore you to go check it out. That's a free plug for that story. Just incredible because he's one of the most fascinating people in all of golf. Yesterday, two under despite that double bogey early in the round. What have you seen from him, especially for the casual fan that might just be getting acquainted with this Texan? Well, I, you know, in all reality, he didn't play very well yesterday. Uh, he, he made a mess of the 11th hole and ended up saving par. He made a mess of 13. It could have been worse. Uh, he, he didn't really have, you know, his best, but yet I think what was really apparent is he just kept grinding along and kept grinding along and he, he got to two over, he got a couple of birdies and got it back. Then he got it back. He stayed around Eve and then he made a couple of birdies at the end of the day. I think overall he showed an awful lot of maturity and patience that we haven't necessarily seen out of Bryson. There's no question. The one little nugget that I think a lot of golf historians and people that love the game like Andy and have watched for so long have said is the fact that yesterday DeChambeau in his 20s shot a two under Larry Mize, who had one of the greatest Masters wins in the history of the tournament, also shot two under. And I think it's fair to say, Andy, that Mize might drive the ball just a little less further than Bryson. Is that fair? (laughs) Their averages were just about 90 yards difference. But that's the beauty of our game. Any age, any, you know, any, the golf ball doesn't understand who's hitting it, you know, so if you can figure out a way to get it around, that's a really big deal. And there's a lot of ways to play this game. And, and Bernard Langer uh, has been four under pars is low today. He made a bogey at the three, but here's another guy that's 63 years old, former champion, understands how to play the golf course. Uh, it's amazing how the light goes on for the older guys once they show up at Augusta. Oh, by the way, Paul Casey has a two-shot lead, Andy, yeah, but, after round well, one. Not anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> the guys are coming up fast and furious this morning. Well, uh, what should the, what should the uh, casual fan know about him, though? Oh, Casey, he's been around a long time. He's been a really good player. He's been a top five, top ten player in the year multiple times during his career. Uh, he's He's gained a little bit of distance. Uh, he's just a real solid player. He said, I think he's had four or five top six finishes here at the Masters. So he knows what he's doing. He's not going to go away. Uh, but I think we're going to see record scoring this year, this year throughout the week. I, I think that it might take 20 under par to win. And Case is at least a, a good way toward that starting out. Great stuff. So from the casual nature of Paul Casey to the guy everybody knows, Tiger Woods, and everyone in between. Again, coverage on ESPN right now. Featured groups ESPN plus CBS over the weekend. It's going to be a tradition unlike any other, as Jim Nance said, played at a time unlike any other. The first non-April Masters. Andy, thank you so much, and we'll look for you today. Thanks, guys. See you later. Thank you. Take care. That's Andy North. Okay, so this is something we need to mention uh, that you may not be familiar with if you just kind of watch the golf or watch on the weekend. And this this weekend, it might be like, wait a minute, do I need to watch Tiger or do I need to watch the Lions, the Tigers? and the- <laughs> What's going to happen? Because the NFL is going to intersect. You're with- so corny. <laughs> 
I'm not saying I wasn't. I just uh, yeah, you know. Tiger and the Lions. The Lions. <laughs> I thought I'd go. I for think it. most people want to watch Tiger versus the Lions. Right. And that's fair. <laughs> and in golf vernacular, if I could have a mulligan, I take it back. Okay, all right. Here we go. So here's the deal. Every Tuesday uh, of Masters Week, right? Mm-hmm. The tournament goes Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Every Tuesday they have a Champions Dinner. And the Champions Dinner, the only people that are invited to the Champions Dinner, as you might imagine, are the people that have won the Masters. All living members that have won the Masters attend a dinner together. It's an exclusive club. So that's what, like 30 people that's yeah, living? Who, yeah, I mean, obviously anybody from the Golden Bear, Jack Nicholas has won six times, Tiger, Larry Mize, Bernard Longer, Ola Thabel, all these guys. So the cool part about it is the menu for the Champions Dinner is chosen by the defending champion. So obviously in this case, you have to think back to 2019, which is like 20 years ago now. That was Tiger Woods who won it. This is Tiger's menu because you are Chef Boyar Key and you know food, the culinary game. We're going to talk much more food coming up, by the way, before we get out of here at uh, 10 a.m. Eastern. This is Tiger's dinner menu. I want you to give me your thoughts on this. Starting with an Augusta roll, namely, that's a sushi roll with shrimp and tuna. Also, steak and chicken fajitas, a dessert trio of flan, churros, and sopapillas, and two options for red wine. What do you think of Tiger's culinary tastes? I mean, it's cool, but I don't see where sushi goes with churros and flan, right? That's, that's Japanese, like, Mexican, right? Yeah, it yeah. seems like more Latin food there. And then what was the other? Oh, fajitas. Fajitas. Yeah, he, I guess, the, I guess the, the role might have been an app. I guess that was more of an appetizer, probably. Probably to start. And then you said the fajitas. Yep, main course. Main course, rice and beans. I'm thinking maybe as a side dish. Um, and then the flan. I'm not a flan dude. And then the churros. I like. I as long as the churros don't have uh, caramel or chocolate or strawberry in the center, I can't deal with that. Just right. give me a normal sugar on it. That's it. With the hole in the it. The cinnamon. And Let let's keep it. it moving. Last thing for you. How much do we all mature as we get older? I mean, you know, your age, my age, we're all getting out. older. I'm not going to say it. That's why I said age. I didn't qualify. How much do we all mature? When Tiger won the 1997 Masters, one of the greatest performances in the history of golf that really put him on the stage. So he had the Champions Dinner in 1998, right? So next year. Young Tiger at 22. This was his menu in 1998. Does this sound familiar if you have a teenager or a college kid? Cheeseburgers, chicken sandwiches, and french fries. <laughs> yeah, you can have anything yeah. in the world you want. That's good. Anything in the world. Yeah, I'm sure, Cheeseburgers, chicken I'm sandwiches, sure it was good. Fries. Now, if I had to put a menu together, I have to. I would probably start with the region. Okay. Augusta, Georgia, the south. Southeast, low deep, country. Deep south. I yeah. probably would fry up some chicken. Okay. Good. You know, flour, not, not shake and bake, not... We're not doing that. Okay. I probably will put some collard greens together with some smoked turkey in it. Ooh. Got my, my tomatoes and sliced onions on the side. Uh, hot water cornbread. Some some yams and not mushrooms. on. I'm not mushrooms, but no marshmallows on top. Okay. Um, <laughs> am I missing what it says? So yeah, macaroni and cheese with no breadcrumbs. No nice, panko. No, no Old panko. School. Just <laughs> no raisins. None of that. We ain't doing none of that. We Don't beat stuff. Yeah, then I got my Louisiana hot sauce for the greens as well as the chicken. So, I mean, y'all making me hungry. Dessert? I'm going to go deep south. Dessert? I'm probably going to have some sweet potato pecan pie along with some peach cobbler, some vanilla ice cream to just drop it on top. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to keep it so real good. southern. That sounds so good. So, if you're not used to that, you know, and I want, I want dark meat, too, because I need that grease. I need it to ooze out. Sweet tea. Got to have sweet tea for the drink if it's the south? The sweet tea, you can have that, but I'm, I'm sure they want some liquor. So, <laughs> it's going to be a lot of Hennessy flowing. <laughs> I'm sure they're going to want that dark liquor down there. 
Just, you know, that's what I would do. That's great stuff. Great stuff. On the way this morning, an NFL star that has now become They'll never a... invite me is what you're saying, Jay Wheel. <laughs> never, again. <laughs> never again. A former NFL player, not key, a former NFL player who was a star in his day has become a superstar in his new career. And it'll provide a little food for thought. That's on the way. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. And we are back on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin moments away, I think, from having an NFL star turned cooking star. And Key, I know we're going to go. We love watching ESPN. This fellow we're going to talk to you about in just a second has become a star on the Food Network, which I just learned during the break, along with the ID Crime Channel, are three of Key's favorite channels. Yeah, you talk about ID Crime Channel. I've seen so. I've seen probably the two days I've been off. About 150 murders, and guess what? Oh, my goodness. Guess what? Nobody got off. <laughs> Justice was served? Everybody, Justice was served. Everybody went to jail. And then I watched a few hours of, you know, the, the, the Food Network and, and just different shows on the Food Network and stuff like that. And Like, what are your favorite shows on the Food Network? I, you know what? I don't – it's not the shows. I just – when I turn it on, what's ever on, if I like it. Like, I don't watch the, the cake wars and all that sort of stuff. I don't, I don't pay attention to that. It's just more about – Who's ever on? Cookie. Like white noise a little bit to a degree? No, not really. I mean, I I don't like say, okay, I'm going to watch this at this particular time. If I turn it on, let's say, for instance, I'm watching a game and the game gets boring and I go through it and then I see somebody cooking something very interesting, then I stop. Or if I see some sort of challenge, then I may stop and just watch it religiously over and over and over again. When you think about it, what is the one thing about cooking that people don't realize? When you watch these TV shows, right? We joke about this, right? They mix some stuff up, they uh, they bend down, <laughs> they pick it up out of the, and there it is. Well, that's the different. But see, that's 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 a different. Like when I did the Iron Chef stuff, so you were on Iron Chef. I was on, I was one of the judges on the Iron Chef, a couple of them, and so it wasn't. They didn't. Do it like you just described it. It wasn't chopped up and then and all of a sudden commercial break. They come back. <laughs> hey, this is no. It wasn't. They actually went from beginning to end. So we were there the entire taping, going through the whole entire process. By the time we got the food and it was plated to us, it wasn't as warm as I would have liked. But you know, there's a lot of different things and pieces that's going on. What what's what's interesting to me and what I like is when and I swear I can go in anybody's pantry and cabinet right now i can go to your well you may not have a lot there right. but i can go to jay will's house right now and walk in and pantry kitchen and everything and i could put a full course meal together for his family whatever he's got there. whatever he's got there and it's gonna be legit it's not gonna be just hot dogs and pork and beans no we're gonna put it together the right way and if he had only hot dogs and pork and beans we would make that right too chitlins no i don't see you starting to pig get feet 
No, I'm. We're not bringing on. that down to the I'm masters. Put, well, you said a real down south. Yeah, but I'm not putting that in my body. I'm not putting that. <laughs> but do you I, know how to prepare it? I hate to say it, but I'm gonna say it. I'm <laughs> don't sur- say it. I'm surpassed that food in my life, bro. I hear you. I don't do pig feet and chitlins <laughs> and stuff like that. I don't do that. I've gotten over that. I food. don't do it either. But I'm just yeah, saying, it's, it's funny just to hear your reaction yeah, to I it. It's like you get you get freaked out over it. You know because that. that I know where that comes from, and I'm beyond that. So, what is your favorite dessert? Favorite dessert: banana pudding, peach cobbler, Southern Southern, peach cobblers. Um, Have you ever had peach cobblers? A la mode with a little ice cream. Terrific. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Sakatomi cake. Mm. I don't know what that is. It's a a yellow cake with like a cinnamon um, and. Cinnamon and pecan bottom that swirls in between. So it's like on the bottom of the mm. bottom of the cake. And then a seven up cake. Seven up cake is just seven up made with in cake. Yeah. Like the beverage? Yeah. Oh. All yeah. right. When the last time you had a seven up? It's been a long well, time. I just had one yesterday, uh, Keith. Uh, yesterday morning at four AM, Keith. <laughs> you guys know I only drink Dr. Pepper. You guys know that. Because we're on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed. I can't cross-pollinate with any other drinks. You know that. So, Key, obviously, a culinary star, a star in the NFL. And why not be joined by a guy on the Shell Pennzoil performance line that exactly was the same? A star in the NFL and now a star in the culinary world. Eddie Jackson is joining us this morning on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Who? Food Network star. The winner for season 11, the man who joins us this morning. You also can find him on Game Day Playbook and Eddie Jackson's Fitness Playbook on foodnetwork.com. So what's it like, Eddie, to go from NFL star to Food Network star? (laughs) I tell you what, it's totally different. I'd rather cook than get beat up every day. (laughs) Well, you ain't cooking no chitlins and no pig feet, I hope. (laughs) Don't don't the – you know what, what, Eddie, here out here just debasing – the South's food. Don't do that. No, I'm not. I'm not. I think Eddie's. I'm from a, the South. Man. I'm from the South. I'm from the South. I was born in Georgia, so but you, I don't have but, my fair share of chitlins. Yeah, Thank you. Tell, Thank tell, you, Eddie. But tell Jason Williams from the from the North, from here up in Jersey. I have a home that, in North Carolina. That That's not really you have life. moved on from pig feet and chitlins in your life. Oh, yeah. I, I definitely stepped my game up from, from, from chitlins and pig feet. So, so I don't, you, think, I don't think Jay will know what I don't think Jay will know what pig feet are. <laughs> no, he he had some before, yeah, but he man. he doesn't understand five days a week is a bit much for pig feet, and we're not <laughs> trying to go back there. Eddie. Nobody said five days a week, Eddie. So when you look at it, in in now you got this big show, big time show coming up in Christmas mm-hmm. Cookie Challenge. Well, tell me mm-hmm. a little bit about the cook, Cookie Challenge during Christmas time. Yeah, so we're going into, uh, I think it's our third third season now. And uh, basically, we take all these cookie makers from across the country, and you'd be surprised how many people are dedicated to making cookies. And we basically bring them into like a makeshift kind of holiday Christmas workshop, and they compete in different challenges. They have a display challenge, and they have a decorating challenge where they have to do all these different things with cookies. And, they, I mean, each episode, somebody wins $10,000. Mm. Mm. Now, the cookies are straight-up cookies, though, right? We ain't got no oh, – ain't going to be no shenanigans with the cookies. You know what I'm saying? Ain't, nah, no, Snoop, no, ain't no Snoop and Martha cookies going on right here. No, nah, nah, no Snoop and Martha cookies, man. But I'm telling you, uh, there's a whole community of people out there that have literally – you know, they dedicate their lives, their, their businesses to making these amazing cookies, decorating. They build all these structures out of cookies. 
pretty it's pretty amazing. Eddie, who's the most competitive person on the Food Network? The most competitive person on Food Network? Yeah. I would say probably Bobby Flay. Mm, why? I mean, the guy, he never loses, man. You ever seen beat Bobby Flay? I think his win percentage is like 72%, 75%. I mean, you got to be pretty competitive if you if you take your numbers like that. Let me ask you, Eddie, what makes a great chef on the Food Network? Like, is it is it the preparation? Is it the actual mm-hmm. food? Is it the presentation? Like, what is it? Well, first and foremost, it's definitely the, the food. But I think a lot of it comes with uh, being creative. Um, definitely have to be creative. And I think uh, just, just knowledge and experience, you know what I mean? A lot of these uh, guys that's on Food Network have been around for, for a while. And someone like myself, I've been around food. My grandmother's was chef, so I've been cooking since I was ooh, uh, six years old. So I've been around it a long time. And I think the more experience, just like with anything else, the more experience you get, the more the better you get, just like with sports. Mm-hmm. Why, why do I feel like I can challenge you, though? Ooh. Why do I feel no, that? I knew this was going to happen. Come on now. No, come I'm just saying, now. Eddie, why I feel come that way, though? Eddie, Eddie, if you can see our text chain every night, Keyshawn is sending us pictures of things he's cooked. <laughs> every night. And he gives you the full tutorial, too. Like voicing over videos. Oh, uh, he, he, he's on it. All you got to do is, is tell me the time and place. Ooh. What's your go-to? My go-to? Well, not necessarily well, a go-to because you're a chef, so it's not really – you can do pretty much anything. But what do you do like anything. to mess with? Uh, what I love to do is – I mean, I've been in Texas for about 20 years, so man, anything on that grill, smoking meats and grilling, it just, just it's, it's, it's a wrap. What, thing, what, what sets you apart from others that have the big grills and the smoky meats? Like, what, what sets you apart from them? The thing with me is um, – I, I kind of pull from different, you know, experiences, places that I've been. I lived in Miami for uh, for 12 years. Uh, I have re- after I was playing for the Dolphins, I had retired down there, so I picked up a lot of Caribbean flair. Uh, obviously, I pull from my Southern heritage as well, but I'm always experimenting with different things. I, I love playing with Asian flavors, so you know, I don't just you know throw a slab of ribs on the on the smoker or the grill. So normally, everything I do has a little bit of flair, a little bit of international flavor to it. Mm-hmm. And just a quick reminder, Eddie is the co-host of the Food Network's Christmas Cookie Challenge, which Keyshawn just referenced with Reed Drummond, which airs Mondays at 10 Eastern and Pacific. In the series, five daring cookie makers must prove their holiday skills through two rounds as Eddie and Reed are joined each episode by judges, and they will determine which bakers will have the best Christmas of all. And Key, the winner, walks away with a $10,000 prize. Man, I can't bake, so I'm good. I got to leave that up to my daughter. I'm not a... Only thing I can make is peach cobbler and apple pie. Other than that, I can't fool with the baking. Let me ask you this before we let you get out of here, Eddie. What would you yeah. What would you put together for the Masters dinner? I gave them basic Southern food, fried chicken, greens. Kind of kept it simple. What would you do? Man, I'm look. I'm telling you, you know, the, the Masters is is the, it's in the South, so I feel like you 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 hitting it right on the head right there, man. You got to keep it traditional. Uh, you know, I'm going with got to have some some good old fried chicken, ain't that right, Keisha? I think so, or smothered, either or. You can not yet. Whoa, you on went deep south. You went way <laughs> south. You gonna smother the chicken? <laughs> What's the classic southern dessert? And we'll let you go. Peach cobbler. Yeah, Peach seems to be unanimous all day long. 
Then you're not buying your crust from Pillsbury, I take it. <laughs> no, come on. It's got to be scratch made. No, I'm just teasing, man. Great stuff. What a journey. So many people after they retire from sports, I'm sitting next to two guys that have elevated themselves after their pro careers. You yes. see so many guys struggle afterwards, but you went in a completely different direction and have been as successful in the kitchen as you have been on the field. Best of luck. And I know Key will be watching you religiously on the Food Network. Thank Absolutely. you very much. Support, Thanks, Eddie. Man. All right, brother. Y'all gotta, take care now. I got to check out them burnt ribs he's going to put out there. So smothered. Is that what? Gravy on the top of the yeah, chicken? Yeah, the smothered yeah. gravy. You never had smothered no. chicken? I've had, no, I've never had smothered chicken. Oh. Right. You eat pork, right? Uh, no. Okay, you don't. Okay. No, no. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. But you'll have plenty for me when we come No, back. I, don't eat, I don't eat it like that. I've had some other pork chops in the past. we got a break. we got a break, indeed. Is it time for Tiger to catch another break and win his sixth green jacket? Is Tiger your smart pick at Augusta this weekend? The fellows will weigh in with the best of sports on your TV. And our one last thing, of course, is our Friday tradition at this time every single week, and those are our Red Box smart Wait, picks. Just, we'll give you the smart picks in sports, what you need to watch, and good. then we'll make sure we get you a smart picks on Redbox, and of course, Smart Picks is brought to you by Redbox. Fellas, let's go with your Smart Picking Sports over the weekend, and then we've got a couple of interesting movies to talk about that are available for you anytime on Redbox. Smart Picking Sports this week is key. What are you watching? I am going to watch college football because USC plays on Fox against Arizona, and that game is at 3 p.m., so it's not a 9 a.m. West Coast start. <laughs> okay, it's okay. a 12 a.m. West Coast start. So I think that that is what I'm going to do, USC, Arizona. Telling you right now, I'm going home. I'm getting don't my do mo- it. I'm getting don't, my Modelo. Don't, don't do I'm it. sitting on the big screen, and I'm watching the Masters. I'm kicking it. I mean, I've been watching any football games on Sunday. Wow. Well, that let would, Key be, talk that about, would be smart. Let Key talk about every game. But I'll tell you every detail about the Masters.
And I'll go with the Washington football team. I'm going to go NFL. They're playing the Detroit Lions. I know it's not as big of a Lions, story. Lions, Tiger, Tiger, Lions, which yes. one? It was corny, but I had to throw it out. It'll be the Washington <laughs> football team and Detroit. I know we've kind You're of. You're going to watch the Washington football team and Detroit. With Alex Smith's start. I know he's played, but I think this is a moment that a lot that's of people fair. never thought would come. It's a winnable game. You're talking about a division that seemingly everybody is still into. Uh, people have said he's the comeback player of the year even before taking a snap, and now he gets another start. Coming in is one thing. You talked about it, right? What's twice, it like though, right? Twice, yes. come in twice. Every snap, I will be praying. Right. Yeah, it just seems like that, for me, I don't know. It, it's cool, but it's like the Tiger story. Oh, Tiger's family, Masters, he started at 16. You know, it's like it's been told already, so I don't really, you know, I think, I think the Masters would be more interesting but I understand where you're coming from. Yeah. But if you watch, if you watch, I forget the name of it, but on E60 mm-hmm. about Alex Smith and everything oh, yeah. he's dealt with. I mean, it's, yes. I, I hear what you're saying. It's, that's why I get so afraid. I mean, I, I, like, I hope he gets through the year. I hope he destroys the game. If that's, I, I hope he does. I really do. I want to see him win. In the last couple of minutes we have, let's get to our smart picks on Redbox. Sports are back. So are new releases at Redbox. Check out all the new releases this weekend at Redbox between watching the Masters and football. Yeah. Maybe just one for Jay, just golf. Reminisce with Bill and Ted Face the Music, available today at Redbox. You might remember the old one, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Well, Keanu Reeves and Alex Winter are back as Bill and Ted from the original 1989 movie. But now, of course, they've gotten older. They're middle-aged dads working to save all of humanity. Laugh out loud while watching some women fight it out in the ring with Chick Fight. Starring Malin Ackerman, Bella Thorne, and Alec Baldwin, available at Redbox today. So with Chick Fight ready to go, available for you at Redbox, what's your favorite fight scene from a movie? I've got some Ooh. options, and I'll let you know if they're on Red. How about Fight Club? Tyler Durden. Let's do it. You mean scene or movie? Uh, from a movie. Favorite fight scene from a movie. Fight Club's available on Redbox. Is that kind of... I don't necessarily... Have you ever seen it? Fight Club? Ed Norton? No, I've Brad never Pitt, seen... Right? Yeah, never Brad Pitt. He, that's who he was, Tyler Durden. I mean, out of all of our list of fights, uh, Ali would be the only one. I mean, I saw Karate Kid, but that was like 17,000 years ago. You know, I can't remember exactly what that was. Million Dollar Baby, I, I got a chance to see. But Ali would be mine. Southpaw was tough. Southpaw was a good movie. The Fighter uh, is also there. Great the reason movie. Ali is because I learned a lot through a movie, mm-hmm. who Ali was, based on how he lived and everything, based mm-hmm. on the part that Will Smith played, which I thought he played, obviously, an amazing role. It was just What's fascinating. It? Jamie Foxx was in that too, right? Was Jamie Foxx in Ali? No. Yeah, maybe. Not. I'm not sure. I'm and not sure. I believe so. Maybe, from, maybe not. From a boxing movie. I know Will Smith was. Yes. yes. <laughs> That's what I do, though, Jason. Yes, he was. Jamie Foxx was in Ali. He was, yeah, okay. yeah, he was, yeah. Uh, from a great boxer that all of us know in Muhammad Ali, in Ali with Will Smith, to one of the greatest fictional boxers of all time. The Rocky series is on there. Creed and Creed 2 is also Gladiator, on. legendary movie. No doubt. Watch new movies and top entertainment. Try free live TV on Redbox. Over 70 channels of news, TV shows, viral videos. See you Monday. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. You can hear the show live weekdays at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, or wherever you stream your audio.